0: and Arizona, Arizona sports, the local sports leader, Binkley glass Blast. It is so like the Suns to be overshadowed by Luka Doncic, and on the national level it happened again last night. But what the Suns did in Memphis was certainly encouraging to say the least. It wasn't just beating the Grizzlies without Devin Booker or continuing the clowning of Grizzly Star Ja Morant, who needlessly and stupidly fired up all of his competitors in the Western Conference. It was the fact that the Suns would not and did not get pushed around. Craig had a lot to do with that, of course, who started at the three last night. So did Dwayne Washington Jr., who gave the team a new, fresh energy off the bench. Because as Monty Williams just admitted, the Suns have been feeling like prey as of late, a team with weaknesses all around their roster. But last night in Memphis, they found an edge and a competitive spirit that can carry them a long way, at least until Booker gets back. And that's important, because we have already seen the championship win window close on the Cardinals, a football team badly in need of a rebuild, and it would be way too much for Valley Sports to handle if the same deconstruction was happening right now to the Phoenix Suns before our very eyes, a team that was just two wins away from an NBA championship just 17 months ago. Last night proved the window isn't closed just yet. Maybe it's only open a crack, but that's good enough for now. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable at two great locations. You can find them online at chapmanbmw.com. Nope, nope,
1: nope,
2: nope. We're getting into it with nobody. We do that. We Come on now. Everybody knows the signs for that. We we talk. We talking. you talk to us, we're going to talk to you. Period. Whether you ain't talking to us or you're talking, because we're playing you. So you can't be talking to nobody else. And so once you talk, we we, we talk and play. We've been like that. That's how we got to the finals. Talking and playing. We don't let it get to us. We don't, we, we don't lock in on that, but if you want to talk to us, we multitask. We multitask over here. We do that. You know, we accept all of them. You know what I'm saying? We ain't looking to pick no bone, but if you pick a bone, we going to accept it. We're, period. We're accepting it. We don't care how we're.
3: That's DeAndre Aiton Sun wow. Center last night after, uh, after being Peace. asked something else. trash talking with the Memphis Grizzlies last night and. Maybe it was John Morant, maybe it was that, coupled with uh, a realization by the Suns, like, hey, we're not playing with the same fire we once played with. That was an organizational trademark, and it's kind of gone by the wayside. The last two games we saw it, certainly last night, but John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, December 22nd is when this story was dated, when Malika Andrews of ESPN was asked, hey, you know, who do you got to get through? Mm -hmm. And he said, Boston. And then Andrews by said uh, uh, followed up by saying, no one in the West. John Morant says, I'm fine in the West. Mm-hmm. Since then, things have not gone very well. Oh, and he Memphis doubled Grizzlies. down on that
0: before and after the Suns game. I yeah. said what I said. Yes. and Ever since. I think that's the one win they have is the Suns game in, in Phoenix last week. Yeah. You see the heat the Warriors came at them with. You mm-hmm. saw the heat that Clay Thompson came at them with. Um, yeah that's that was um, that was a, a life's lesson to John Morant and be careful with what you say and and how you say it before you get a ring on your finger and And maybe if, if this is indeed the beginning of something for the Suns,
3: uh, and a lot needs to, to to happen for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. But this might be a point where you go back and say, you know what? Thank you, John Moran. Well, you know what? We needed some outside you
0: know, influence to get things right again. Yeah, I like what you said earlier, because because when you look at the endgame situation in that loss to Denver, there was a couple of boneheaded plays from Mikhail Bridges. There was a very polarizing, controversial uh, foul reversal that the, everyone talked about. The Suns missed a ton of free throws. Yeah, but lost in that was the fact that after losing Devin Booker four minutes into the first quarter, they fought tooth and nail with one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So they doubled up on that in Memphis last night. So I, I, I'm digging what you're saying, and I hope it's true. Um, I also believe I was watching Dwayne Washington Jr. last night, and, and it occurred to me that I would like to see a regular role for this guy early in games, bring him in and let him shoot and let him shoot and let him shoot and see what you can get, see what kind of magic you can get out of him because the guy's a good player. And nobody can tell me otherwise. And one of the things that I think this team misses about Jay Crowder is exactly what we grew to complain about, and that was the fact that he would shoot the ball every time he was open without hesitation. And and there were times, uh, and he would shoot the Suns out of out of some games in the playoffs. And but it dawned on me last night watching Dwayne Washington Jr. that there's something to be said for a fearless basketball team and fearless players who don't lock up. And, and uh, th- that occurred to me that that was one of the things about Jay Crowder that gave the team such a swagger is that nothing could deter him from being the player he thought he was. And Dwayne Washington Jr. kind of carries that same vibe. And again, I don't know if, if last night was just one of those really good nights for him, but I don't know. I mean, the, the dude is not shy. No, he's not. And, you know, he used a player on the opposition
3: last night. And I said this to you off the air. I'll say it on the air. I think Dylan Brooks has uh, ascended to number two on Suns fans' most hated list of players in the NBA behind Patrick Beverly. But he's that guy. He will go through stretches where he shoots a ridiculously low percentage. Mm-hmm. But he's always going to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you always hear players say it. The, you got to shoot your way out of a slump. Mikkel Bridges is in an offensive slump right now. And he's passed up shots. He's made some puzzling decisions with the basketball because I think it all boils down to, hey, I'm I'm not shooting the ball well, what should I do? Should I get somebody else involved? It's led to some weird stuff. Yeah. I think Mikel can work his way out of this, but you know, going year five right now for Mikel Bridges and he got his contract, he's making twenty plus million dollars a year, and there was this hope that maybe he could be a Sean Marion type scorer for for the Phoenix Suns, a guy you could count on for twenty points a night.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I know you feel this way, and I'm starting to feel this way too. I, I don't think Mikael Bridges will be that guy. Yeah, I don't think he's that guy. And that there's nothing wrong with Mikael Bridges and what he brings to a team. I no. just don't think that that growth spurt is fair or it's something that everybody should expect.
3: And from an organization standpoint, mm-hmm. if you're counting on Mikael Bridges to be that guy, you might want to rethink that
0: methodology. Yeah, I it's, agree with that.
2: It's weird in the modern NBA that the Suns are such an outlier team and that they have multiple guys who you want to shoot the ball more. Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. You hear it all the time, Monty telling them to shoot more, which usually you have to rein players in. Yes, that is true. But you got to shoot your way out of slumps.
0: Yeah. And,
3: and I'm actually, some, you're never thankful for back-to-back games, but you know, we're all curious to see where this is going with this, with this renewed energy for the Suns. Maybe it's a good thing they have a game tonight. Maybe. Keep it burning while it, yeah. while it's hot, you yeah.
0: know? I, I, yes, I, I do think, and again, we, we had this conversation earlier. I think in a perfect world, you sit down Chris Paul tonight. I just don't think this is a perfect world for that basketball team. And I think this is a great opportunity to stack a second win now and and just kind of give yourself a little cushion for some of the losses that are probably invariably ahead of this team until Devin Booker gets back. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... Confuzzled by it all. Yeah. We'll see. And
2: to be fair, we thought that the, the Patrick-Beverly push earlier in the year was the thing that was going to wake him up. Yeah. And for a, a brief period of time, it did, and then they reverted back. Well, well
0: that was that was more DeAndre Ayton-centric. Specifically. Yeah. What
3: I, what I looked at, too, when you bring up the Chris Paul possibilities, you know, do, do you make that decision? They're very depleted in the backcourt right now. Uh, and Dwayne Washington is not a, a a normal true point guard. They still don't have Cameron Payne. He should be back. But you know Dwayne Washington with what he's done, what he did last night, Landry Shamit in this stretch has looked like a much more confident offensive player. Even though he was out, mm-hmm. Josh, perfect time to trade him. Josh, give me another <laughs> thirty point game. We should be good. Josh Akogi, uh plays about as hard as anybody in the NBA on a night in night out basis. So these guys. They're all getting opportunities to contribute. It's got to build confidence. And when those guys get called on down the stretch... Maybe it'll it'll pay dividends. It's hard, it's hard to say, but yeah, you know it's a possibility right now. Yes, because, you know there were times where none of those guys looked very confident mm-hmm. this year,
0: and now they all do. Yeah, I I want to see that. The other issue is winning games in a closing variety. Who is going to be that guy without book Because you know last night was was a game where I firmly believe that the Suns' aggressiveness and their their audaciousness, if you will, really took Memphis by surprise. I think Memphis was expecting a yeah. soft. Wounded team to roll over for them, and they didn't get that.
3: And I think Memphis got that lead down to seven, so you're kind of projecting. All right, this is going to be one of those clutch time uh-huh, situations right. that the
0: Suns have not dealt That's with right. well this year. That's right. And to their credit, they didn't let it get no, there. No, they didn't. They didn't. So that. So yeah, uh, last night was a good night for the basketball team. And I think you're right. I think what you said earlier is true. I think the Nuggets game, even despite that loss and and how poorly it looked on the kale bridges and how angry that call made Suns fans, that that was a moral victory too. Yeah. Suns and Wizards tonight. Five o'clock tip.
3: Uh, Four thirty pregame on the Arizona app, Arizona Sports app, and uh, ESPN 620 tonight as the Suns go for back-to-back wins. Coming up next, not a lot of football left to be played for the Arizona Cardinals, but a whole lot of decisions to be made for the football team. We'll get into some of those next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the ak Community Studios, here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Bickley and Murata Mornings.
3: This Bickley Murata Mornings, live from the ak Community Studios on this Wednesday here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader, Dan Bickley, Vince
0: Marada, Jared Carlin is back. Yeah, Zach
3: Larson and for us. Uh, Sarah Cazell
0: today. So, uh, Jared, before you resume our wonderful award-winning broadcast, uh, <laughs> we set for us and for our listeners mm, okay. exactly your eating schedule while you were in Mexico. So this How- was
2: an all-inclusive resort, so you could eat all you want. Anywhere. They had several restaurants on the location you could eat. So slept slept in every day, so we ate a later breakfast. But every morning, I would order two entrees for breakfast. Two. A steak and eggs, and then something else, usually a breakfast burrito, maybe a lemon ricotta pancakes. And then we'd get a big plate of French toast for the table to share. Then around so you
0: have to have something sweet at the end of it, of yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Then around 12, 12.30, sit around the pool, order some lunch. A couple of entrees, and then three shrimp cocktails every day.
0: Three... Shrimp cocktails. Each, co- each cocktail
2: involved ten, ten shrimp, so that was thirty shrimp per day with cocktails. When sauce. you made these orders, even no. even though this is an all inclusive place, did anybody raise an eyebrow? Nobody blinked the whole time. Because you feel sort of a little embarrassed the first time you do it? But but they even like, you? Oh, yes, very good sir, yeah. very good sir. Yes, oh, that's a delicious dish. Yes.
0: Did right, anybody so- say to you, "Good thing we're not on a ship because it'd be sinking right now"? <laughs> so not that buoyant. <laughs> so then the. Uh, <laughs> so then every afternoon
2: around uh 2 o'clock, they set up a, what they call a taco bar by the uh, beach. Uh-huh. And that had freshly made, uh, some days th- was steak, chicken, pork, tacos with fresh tortillas, quesadillas, Ooh, all the delicious. all the trimmings. Yeah, so I would have three, four of those every three day. Three or four of those. And even, this is all while I'm drinking pina coladas, um, daiquiris, mango smoothies, all these things. Wow. Also dessert every meal, too. Now, then dinner time would come, and we'd order one of every appetizer, a salad, a soup, two entrees, and then one of every dessert.
3: (laughs) And then what'd you do for your late-night snack?
2: Well, that's the other. The beauty is if we we had an earlier dinner with my uh, niece and nephew at like 5.30 or or Uh 6.00. Then, then the opened other restaurant. up another eating window. Yes, then they open up another window that, like, ten o'clock, ten thirty, where you could hit another meal. Well, Jarrett, I hope uh, in your resort room you opened up a window. Uh, oh, I was going to say, you did know, you know. do
0: your, did you do Karen a favor and use the lobby bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> she do her a solid, at least in that regard. Uh, I
2: will tell. I don't. don't, don't want to discuss the, uh, <laughs> the audience oh, here. Fast. Did you uh,
3: Did you do anything else besides eat while you were there? I mean, there wasn't time for anything else,
2: Vinny. <laughs>
0: no, was there any physical exercise involved?
2: I mean, I you know, swam in the pool, swam in the ocean a lot. Okay. Played ping pong. Okay. That was a little
0: physical. That works.
3: Jerry, you've seen the movie, the Albert Brooks movie, Defending Your Life, yes, right? Absolutely. Right. When they go to Judgment City, and one of the things about Judgment City is you can eat whatever you want, and there's, there's no penalties.
2: Right. But it, it was like that, except there like was Judgment penalties. Yeah. Yes, I gained
0: seven pounds. Uh, you got lied. I if that really was your daily menu, you Ugh. you got off easy. I mean, I did. You know,
2: I did twenty crunches every night. That sounds like bed. about
0: fourteen thousand calories a day.
3: What to a Nestle crunches, Jared? Yeah, yeah, You're right. <laughs> well, good to have well, you back. Yeah. that's
2: good to be back. Thank you, Roly Poly, Jared Carlin is back.
0: <laughs> uh, Three yours- shrimp cocktail a day. My goodness.
3: A breakfast and a breakfast burrito. Yes. Oh my goodness, you're a you're a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you, you should have
2: seen Jackie the Jet.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the I was the opening act. from the tree. I was the opening act for the uh, the headliner there at the Mules.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm real curious if that all inclusive resort is rethinking their business plan. <laughs> I put them out of business. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> they dragged me away at
2: 11 p.m. every night That's when the restaurants closed. <laughs> it's unbelievable. not only like any Cardinals
3: uh, in action on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. We got the big uh, news yesterday about J.J. Watt, his pending retirement at the end of the year. Um, curious to see what uh, his play looks like over the last two weeks. A guy who has set a different standard later in the season for a team that's going nowhere he's been the best defensive player on the field the last Mm -hmm. two or three weeks for the cardinals so uh that's one thing to watch but really the 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 interesting stuff to watch is when this season ends and and what what decisions are made by the organization and michael bidwell yeah
0: yes and and i think here's the other thing i think about this when you when you think about all the building that has to happen on this football team going forward I, I, i i i I begin with the offensive line because you, you've got two vets who have already pondered retirement and probably will go down that road after this season. So there's a complete rebuild there. But you know what? J.J. J. Watt and his mentorship of other defensive linemen, he might have done the Cardinals a huge favor. Now, keep in mind, this has not been a franchise that's been good at player development. It's, been no. taking, it's taken them awful long to get guys in the positions they're supposed to be. And then too often when they do grow and become something, by then they're off their rookie deals and you're letting them go and you can't afford them and, and, and all of that good ends up in a different organization. You look at a guy like my J. Sanders who's been okay, but Cam Thomas who's made some plays as of late, uh-huh. Zach Allen who has certainly been one of the success stories of the year. Is it a bad time to mention he's a free agent? <laughs> So is he one of the unrestricted? So yeah, well, yeah. listen, they've got 28... 28- Unrestricted free agents. is about to be one of them. And that's not even
2: counting guys that could retire, yeah, so like Rodney so, Hudson, Justin yeah, so, Pugh.
0: Yeah, but Zach Allen and Byron Murphy Jr. are the two, are the two young guys you got to find a way to keep, because otherwise, what's the point? What are you doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, th- there's just tons of stuff that's going to have to happen. And, and as I said in the blast, it's really looking like this football team is going to be in some level of rebuild. And, and, that, and that, again, is another reason why you've got to be real careful in who you give this thing too. I know that there's going to be I know that there's going to be an inclination because the Cardinals' history proves they don't like to go outside of the building to hire general managers. They haven't done so in nearly 30 years. I, I know the temptation is going to be to to maybe um, give this job to to both these guys right now. So you two do this, Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson. Those two guys were flanking Michael Bidwell in his in his suite at the game Sunday night, sure. and, and so you you the, you can all, almost imagine the quizzing or or whether or not those are pseudo-job interviews at the same time. This is a real precarious time in the history of this franchise to be giving this job to somebody who's never drafted and built a football team. It is true.
3: Uh, Those guys do have experience Mm -hmm. under this regime, which to me should be a determining factor. Um, If Michael Bidwell deems this dire enough to make sweeping changes, do you want to hire from within? Yeah, I think that would be... um, I can't say it would be a mistake because you don't know how it's going to operate. You don't know how different either Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris would be in in the big chair. And they've obviously, I'm sure, developed you know philosophies of their own on how to build a, a team. But to learn under Steve Keim to have him be the guy heading up football operations if they move on from him, I don't know, This this seems bad enough with everything that the Cardinals have gone through to look for for some outside I, I don't
0: I don't know how with all due respect to the to whatever issues Steve Kime is facing I don't know how in the world anybody could put him back into place when for different reasons he has had to eject himself from two seasons that have turned out to be two of the worst seasons in franchise history. Yes. I, I don't know how anybody in good conscience could give that man that job back. But in that same ESPN.com article
3: there was reference to Steve Kime's reputation around the league is that he's got nine Right.
2: Yeah. Well, a decade on the job and one playoff win. And then if they do move on from him, is it because they have to move on from him, or because they want to move on from him? Well, and that will determine whether they sort of promote from within or go look outside. True. Man, it's going to be
3: an interesting off You thought last season was interesting. The biggest
2: off-season in Cardinals history.
3: This one really is.
2: Unequivocally,
3: we can say. This one is
0: the biggest off-season ever. This is the most important off-season in Cardinals history. (laughs) This spring.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we will see what transpires. If you're headed to the college football semifinal at State Farm Stadium, get the party started at the College Football Hall of Fame. Free tailgate starts at 10 a.m. On the day of the game, December 31st at the Great Lawn at Sportsman's Park. Music, food, beverages, special guests will make this tailgate party memorable. Admission is free. Again, that's the 31st at 10 a.m. on the Great Lawn at Sportsman's Park. Coming up next, big win for the Suns last night. Can they keep it going? We'll get the viewpoint of the Hall of Famer. Al McCoy, Al about the Suns is next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, Arizona sports, the local sports leader.
1: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Susan, CP3. Three. Al about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Marotta. Suns win. The Suns win. Al about the Suns, driven by Sanderson Ford. The Suns
3: get a 17-point win on the road against Memphis last night. That road trip continues tonight in Washington against the Wizards. Could be a double dose of revenge uh, for, for teams that beat the Suns last week. Here to Talk Suns basketball with us, as he does every Wednesday morning the Hall of Famer, the legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, checks in on the Arizona Sports Line. Al, good morning. Hope you had a great Christmas.
1: Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, well, I have to tell you, I was a little nervous last night when uh, the game started in Memphis and the Grizzlies uh, scored the first eight points, and uh, I was getting a little nervous, but then... The Suns, for the first time in a while, stepped up. They went on a 20-5 run and certainly played their best basketball in a long time.
0: As I said, Al, the thing that I liked, and I think Bonnie Williams addressed this, is that he kind of felt like the Suns had been picked on and pushed around by too many basketball teams. And it felt like last night they got up into Memphis and, and drew a line in the sand and said, we're not going to make this easy on you, even if we don't have our guy Devin Booker.
1: Well, I agree One, wholeheartedly. In fact, we've talked about it a lot here in these morning get-togethers about the fact that they just need to be more physical. And uh, hopefully that's going to stand. And it certainly showed up. And then they got some uh, great performances from people that haven't gotten a lot of playing time. A lot of individuals stepped up and it produced a win something that uh, most teams that go into Memphis uh, don't get these days.
3: Yeah, on that subject of of players getting opportunity with with the shorthanded roster right now, Al, I think there's three guys, uh, especially in the backcourt, to to applaud. And Landry Schammett was playing really well before the Achilles injury that slowed him down last night. But uh, Landry Schammett, Josh Okogie, and Dwayne Washington Jr., when he's been given the opportunity, He's really proven to be an offensive spark plug. He's not shy. He'll shoot the ball, but he'll make a lot of those shots, too. Can you just talk about the the, uh, the play that you've seen from those three guys recently?
1: Well, there's no question about it. And you mentioned Washington, and we've talked about him a lot on our broadcast. He had a, a nice, nice college career. Indiana really liked him, and they didn't want to lose him. Uh, but they did when they were trying to get ready to maybe get DeAndre Ayton. So he's a young man that has a lot of ability, and he certainly can score. And he's the type right now that comes into the ball game and makes things happen. So he, he's been uh, he's been terrific. Uh, Landry Shamet had uh, those those good games. I mean, you know, I start biting my nails when he goes out with an injury now. <laughs> uh-huh. All these injuries, uh, your little finger, your big toe. your I mean, I, I don't understand it, but uh, fortunately the Suns are able to fill the gap. But the players that, uh, that you mentioned uh, certainly have all stepped up, and we've talked about the energy of a Kobe, and he certainly applies it any time he comes on the floor. And they've all been big factors. And getting uh, the way the Suns are playing the game turned around, no question about it.
0: What else do you think the Suns have to do to kind of tread water until Book returns? And, and, and maybe that's setting the bar too low, but, but I do think the schedule obviously is tough for this prolonged road trip. And, and clearly the Western Conference is deep. What else do they have to do to kind of hang in there until he gets back, Al?
1: Well, I think they just have to play like they did last night. Uh, We saw Chris Paul step up um, on one of his better games. He looked like he was ready to go. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has to step up. They just have to continue to uh, perform basically the way they did last night. Now, it's going to be tough tonight. I mean, going from Memphis to Washington back-to-back is a struggle. I've made that flight many, many times to get to the airport, to your hotel, and Washington takes forever, so it has to be a very late night. So uh, we'll see how the Suns respond to that. And obviously, Chris Paul went down but came back and seemed to be A-OK, so hopefully uh, he'll be ready to go. But I thought it was one of his better games he seemed to play with a lot more confidence I thought in the game last night.
3: Al McCoy, legendary voice of the Suns, joins us every Wednesday morning. It's Al about the Suns here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, In terms of guys that I think are struggling, and Bick and I had this discussion, uh, it, it seems like Mikel Bridges, maybe for the first time in his career, Al, looks kind of uncomfortable, maybe unsure of himself offensively, not wanting to take a big shot, uh, making some puzzling decisions with the basketball. We know what he can do on on defense, and we've seen uh, flashes of of growth offensively. What are you seeing right now from Mikel
1: Bridges? Exactly the same thing you're seeing, and I'm very, very surprised. Uh, He's been a little disappointing in these recent games when they really needed him to step up. And uh, that's why uh, when we talk about uh, the guards that have come off the bench and how well they've played, uh, the Suns have really needed it. Uh, hopefully, Mikel will get back on track because, obviously, they need him not just defensively. They need him to put points up. He uh, hasn't taken key shots. He's made turnovers. Uh, he's in a little bit of a funk right now, and they need him to step up
0: what did you think about the the and go back a couple games because Vinny made the point that it wasn't just last night when the Suns decided to play with a little more aggression and a little more that of self-respect it kind of happened in the Denver game after uh Devin Booker went out early they they hung around and fought the Nuggets tooth and nail to the very end and yet people you know too many people were just really disappointed by that reversal of that call now I guess it's technically right, but what a dumb rule the NBA has in that
1: respect, Kyle. Huh, well, I would agree wholeheartedly. And just going back to the Denver game, when the Suns had the game won, they should have won it. Yeah. Uh, and they, they lost it themselves. They didn't make free throws. They turned it over at key opportune times. Uh, they should have won the game, and it's too bad they didn't because they really deserve to win it. Uh, well, you know, some of these uh, rules and calls uh, are just a little ridiculous, and as you know me, you just have to play through them. Uh, the NBA is the NBA, and it was a, a big factor in the game. But the other parts of that loss were the fact that they missed all their free throws and they had some the yep. key turnovers when they had a chance to put the game away. Absolutely. Al
3: McCoy, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, and we've mm-hmm. talked uh, you know, on a regular basis with you during this season about trade possibilities because the Jay Crowder situation remains unresolved and maybe we're getting closer to a resolution on that, Al. But when you look at this team moving forward, and I I know it's hard to gauge right now with all the injuries that they have, not necessarily a player, but what is an ingredient you think that the Suns should go after uh, at the trade deadline?
1: Well, obviously, uh, I think we've all said the power forward spot is something they'd like to improve upon. But, you know, here's the way this NBA is going this year all of the injuries all of the players sitting out not playing every game it looks like and we're almost at the halfway point in the season now but what it looks like is that everybody's going to kind of struggle along here until we get maybe a month away from the start of the playoffs and then they hope that everybody's going to be healthy everybody is going to be ready to play Uh And then we can determine who is going to be in the playoffs and who 's going to make the big run. It looks like that 's the way the league is going to go this year, but as far as the suns, yeah, they could use the power forward.
3: yeah, they certainly could. Al always a pleasure, great stuff. Uh, hope you have a happy new year, and we will talk to you again next week. Happy new year Thank you Al. Al McCoy, legendary voice of the suns. He joins us on Wednesday mornings. Al about the suns is the name of the segment coming up next. We're going to hit some NFL hash marks. The playoff picture getting juicy in the NFL. And uh, a locker room in support of an interim head coaching candidate. We'll get tell you about Ooh, all of it next. I that could be. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports.
0: The local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks.
3: We got into week 17 in the NFL. And uh, some questions obviously still need to be at, answered around the league. And you know, coaching positions opening up, another one opening up this week in Denver, one that opened up earlier this season in Carolina, filled by a guy we are familiar with here in Arizona, Steve mm-hmm. Wilkes, the one-time head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, has performed very well as the interim head coach. How about it? They got a big win over the Lions over the weekend, and the support in the locker room is evident. Here was a Derek Brown of the Panthers on Good Morning Football speaking on behalf of his whole team. I mean, you know, I speak for everybody in that locker room and said that, you know, we want Coach B- Wilkes to be our next head coach. That's for sure. And, um, you know, I think every single week when we to come in, he's going to tell you exactly how it is. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat nothing, and he keeps it, you know, playing Jane, per se. He lets you know exactly what's going on. and You know, <laughs> I mean, you could be one of the best players, but you walk in that building on Monday, and he's going to tell you exactly how you felt about how you played. And, you know, that level of clarity,
0: you know, that's exactly what we want.
3: Uh, it's pretty strong words from, from a team leader on that front. And I, I don't think there's any reason for the ownership in Carolina not to reward Steve Wilkes he's got a history uh, there he's, he's had success as an assistant coach there and what they're doing right now is is pretty remarkable staggering
0: to, be, to to be two and seven at one point in time and and to just finally just say okay we give up we with this head coach isn't working let's trade our best player let's just roll and change and 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 for this to be happening to them is quite something and um, I don't know if Steve Wilkes is a different head coach than he was in Arizona, but he does seem to carry a little bit of that BA vibe with him now that it is the vibe that, okay, now that I got a chance, I'm doing this my way. I, I'm not going to have an offensive coordinator dictated to me by the general manager, which is what happened in Arizona, mm-hmm. and and it and all that got guy a, lasted what five weeks. Yeah, McCoy, yeah, something yeah. Like that. And he and he had a win with Josh Rosen, which we know is a Herculean task. And you know, it's it's fair. This is just a, it, the performance of Steve Wilkes. You can't get around it. This is another. It's another stain on this current operation with the Cardinals. Because even though we all witnessed it, clearly there's a lot of leadership in Steve Wilkes because that is what's that's been the defining thing here. He is he literally came into that football team and said, Okay, look we're what what we do well. We're not a ballot. What we do well is we run the football. They ran for three hundred and forty yards last week. Something yeah. ridiculous. Highest total in franchise history. Yeah, against the Lions. Yeah. And so so to me, to see the team rally around him is quite something. And you know, I look at the NFC South, and I w- I just watched the Buccaneers. I have not seen a less inspiring football team in my life than those Buccaneers and Tom Brady. The Panthers are such a better story. I, I hope they can catch. And I think they're playing this week, right? Isn't it Carolina-Tampa this week? I believe so, yeah. yeah.
2: Carolina, if they win their last two games, they're they in. win the division. They, win the, they control Car- their own destiny. Yeah, so,
0: so Carolina, if they win their last two games, they will be an 8-9 football team that gets to host a playoff game. Stunning, I know. Yeah, Carolina-Tampa Bay in the early slot on Sunday. But what's different about that is that 8-9 record that the Panthers would carry into the playoffs, I don't think it would be a point of mockery because of the coaching change. I think it will be framed as a success.
2: Yeah. It would be funny though if they hosted like a 13-win Dallas Cowboys team. It could happen. Yeah, it could happen. I, and
3: I'm happy for Steve Wilks too because when the Cardinals let him go, although I think the the perception locally was different from the perception nationally. The national perception with Steve Wilks was that guy didn't have a chance. He was tired to be fired. They were buying time. All of these things, mm-hmm. like you know, it was a wrongful firing. Mm-hmm. That season was a mess from from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's rare that a guy, you know, as the architect, quote unquote, of a, of a season that bad, gets another mm-hmm. opportunity. To, for him to get another opportunity is rare, and he can answer the questions. You know, was he cut out to be an NFL head coach? Right now, it looks like it is.
0: Well, yeah, and, and I think, and again, we all live the Steve Wilkes experience. And I'll say this to to the to my dying day that he, at the end of that year, he did deserve to be fired from everything we I witnessed. I also, I but I also do think that he was dealt a losing hand. There wasn't much uh, chance for him to succeed there. That's why I, I'm actually kind of very happy that he's pulling this off. It's a it's a really nice. St- Story. He told Peter King something very interesting because uh, Peter asked him about the idea of winning two games and getting to host playoff game. He said the one thing I've learned, and I learned it that year in Arizona, was nothing matters other than the game that is staring you in the face. No, uh-huh. Nothing at all, at all. In the, nothing else in the NFL matters than the game that is looking you in the face, mm-hmm. and. and uh, it's wisdom. It's it's kind of stuff you acquire with age. Simple wisdom. Yeah, the playoff
3: picture, uh very interesting in both conferences right now. And it's getting more interesting with the Eagles playing the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Cowboys beat them in Dallas. What was a very entertaining Barely. game. Barely beat them with Gardner Minshew and the Eagles got the turnover bug for the first time in a long time. So they split the season series uh, those two teams. Philadelphia still the one seed right now, 13-2. and two. The Cowboys currently the fifth seed as a wild card, 11-4. and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Jones asked, hey, would you, you want to see Philadelphia in the playoffs?
1: Well, I'd love it because it's may- Teams we're uh, more than likely well into the playoffs, and uh, uh, we we should hope that we get a chance to, for all realistic. Uh, uh, prediction here, but uh, the bottom line is that uh, I think it does make for an interesting matchup. I'm so impressed with this Philadelphia team. I'm so impressed with our win over them. and it's the depth. So they're going to be a tough team uh, against anybody including us in the playoffs if we get there.
3: Yeah, so those are uh, two of the teams that have clinched. The Vikings have clinched their 12-3. and San Francisco has clinched. Uh, so for of the seven spots uh we don't have any you know clarification on the n f c south whether it's Tampa Bay or carolina we'll get a lot mm-hmm. of that right now as it speak uh, as we speak still all four teams in the n f c East would be in Washington would be in as the final wild card mm-hmm. at seven seven and one Giants at eight six and one would be in uh that would be the first time ever a full i i believe a full uh Division would get into into the playoffs. Yeah,
0: that's I don't. I think it has happened once before because they just
3: they just expanded to the three wild cards in the last couple years. That's true. It would have to be yeah yeah,
0: a miracle if it if it had happened before. I think the big story here when you look at the NFC is uh, can the Vikings hold on to that number two seed and because again they've been it's been miracle after miracle for that football team. Yeah, they've lived kind of a
3: charmed yeah, life. Outside of a 37 point loss to Dallas, it's been kind of a charmed life. Right. For them. It,
0: exactly. So and and the 49ers, this is a football team that has won 8 consecutive games. There was a, a point in time earlier this season when Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan woke up and their team said the same record, 3 and 3. Uh-huh. Since, since then it's been a little bit different for
3: both teams involved. Yeah, San Francisco's on the road this week at Las Vegas. Uh, Minnesota, Green Bay, huge game for the Packers at Lambeau. Uh, they're just on the outside looking in. They've caught fire. They've won, I think, three games in a row. They beat the uh, Miami on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's an enormous game for them. And you get a team in Minnesota going to play in the elements now in in Green Bay, could that be, you know, one of the weeks where the, the magic runs out for the Vikings? This is, yeah, this is this is
0: where the Vikings have to do the Lions a solid.
3: Well the Lions also have to take care of their well, own Well they business. do. So they're back at home where they're a different team and they're hosting the Bears this week. Right, so. and they
0: should win that game. But that was a bad but then loss they for them. And with the Packers. But that was a bad loss for the Lions last week. It was. Week. Minnesota
2: yeah. is finally above 500 or whatever on the point differential it's the plus five if you look at the the nfc yeah it's amazing how few teams have a positive point differential in the entire nfc there's only four teams with
0: a positive and one of them is the vikings with plus five it's also amazing when you look at the nfc west and you went in you know at one point last year we were looking at the ascension of trey lance russell wilson and matthew stafford as the quarterbacks in the in the Division going forward, it might be Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, and Baker Mayfield, (laughs) and Trace McSorley, and Trace McSorley.
3: Goodness gracious, yeah. How about it? Uh, One note I wanted to pass along, and and you've harped on this a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. and for good reason, is the Cardinals' lack of success at home. They just wrapped up a one and eight home slate. Of course, one of those games was a home game played in Mexico City, but still, one win at home. That's only happened one other time in Cardinals Arizona history. And that was the 2018 season where they went 1-7. and seven. Even like the 2000 team that went 3-13, and 13, all three of those wins were at home. And I, I broke it down by coaches. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians in his five years as the head coach of the Cardinals, 28-12-1 at home in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Steve Wilks obviously 1-7. Cliff Kingsbury, ten twenty-two and one,
0: it's brutal at home. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah, listen, and and, and I told you about the stat. And I know we're going to get into it at some point in time. It, the idea of a football team starting fast, like the Cardinals did last year, and the Eagles have done this year. I believe the stat is that no, that that the last unbeaten team in the NFL in any respective season has failed to win the Super Bowl for fifteen consecutive years. Or 16 consecutive since, years. Since 06. Since 06. Which is an amazing stuff. Yeah, it is. So the teams that, that, that rule September and October don't necess- can't necessarily be trusted. To close the deal.
3: So you're saying like November and December games are pretty important? Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. and mm. Recently, mm. you remember the, that but the Steelers team was 13-0 and 0 or something? Oh, yeah, that yeah. And yeah. then the Cardinals, obviously, last year. Yeah, were the last that's one. right.
0: That's right. 7-0. And, and the Eagles were that team this year. In, they were 8-0. Yeah, yeah, right.
3: <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Coming up next, we'll hit some social studies on social media with uh, Zach Larson. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.